In 1898, an immigrant farmer named Olaf Omen brought a mysterious object to the local authorities in Kensington, Minnesota. It was a battered-looking gray stone, about the size of a graveyard headstone, carved with mysterious markings. Olaf told the officials that he could not read the markings and believed it to be some sort of Native American relic. Upon further inspection, however, the stone's engraved characters were discovered to be Swedish runes. The runes told an incredible tale of Norse adventurers who fled from a violent encounter with the natives that ended in a massacre. The emergence of the Kensington runestone caught the attention of the entire world, sparking new discussions about both the Old Norse explorers and the stone's questionable authenticity. Welcome to Shaking America, a podcast about stories in American history. I'm Zach Knight. Sources for this episode will be listed in the episode description on streaming and on the website at shakingamerica.com. In the late 1800s, Kensington, Minnesota was a calm and quiet little town located in the northern reaches of America's Midwest. Kensington and the area around it had a significant amount of Scandinavian and German immigrant settlers who eked out a living farming in the harsh Minnesotan landscape. Olaf Omen was one of these settlers. Born in Sweden in a village called Halsingland, he immigrated to rural Minnesota in 1879 and found work as a carpenter and a handyman. Eventually, he saved up enough money to purchase his own small family farm outside of Kensington. He erected a wooden house, a small blacksmith's shop, and a grain mill, and attempted the American dream. Running the farm was a constant struggle. Even with the help of his wife and two young sons, Olaf had a difficult time making enough money to survive. Minnesota can be an unforgiving place for agriculture in modern times, and Olaf was equipped with only two horses, some shovels, a grain mill, and a plow. Olaf attempted to make extra income on the side, doing carpentry around town, and building barrels for other farmers, but his family's fortune was mostly dependent on the growing season. As such, their luck changed dramatically year to year. 1898 was a particularly bad year for the Omen family. The United States experienced an economic recession, and grain prices nationwide collapsed. Olaf resorted to taking out loans from local banks and moneylenders to feed his family and pay his mortgage, taking on substantial debt. Just as Olaf's life was beginning to collapse, his luck miraculously changed for the better. While in town to pay off one of his debts to local businessman and moneylender John Hedberg, Olaf mentioned that he had found a mysterious stone, embedded into the roots of a poplar tree near one of his fields. The stone, which is 30 inches tall and 16 inches wide and made of sandstone, is covered in strange, angular markings in a foreign language. I'll include a picture of the Kensington runestone in the episode cover art and on the website, but you can also just Google it. There's lots of pictures of the Kensington runestone out there so you can get a good idea of what it looks like. Olaf claimed the stone looked ancient and suggested that it could be some sort of Native American relic. Perhaps it was valuable and could cover some of his debts. Unsurprisingly, John Hedberg didn't take mysterious artifacts as payment. 
Instead, he suggested that Olaf bring his discovery to the University of Minnesota in Minneapolis. The University of Minnesota's resident professor of Scandinavian languages and literature, a man named Olaus Breda, revealed that the stone was covered in Old Norse runes, a type of alphabet used by ancient Nordic and Germanic peoples. He translated the runestone, which reads, and I'll read it here, We are eight Swedes and twenty-two Norwegians on an exploration journey from Vinland through the west. We had camp by a lake with two small rocky islands one day's journey north from this stone. We were out and fished one day. After we came home, we found ten of our men, red with blood and dead. Hail Virgin Mary, save us from evil. We have ten of our party by the sea to look after our ships, fourteen days journey from this island. Year 1362. If the inscription is genuine, it would depict a completely forgotten Norse expedition from Newfoundland through the Great Lakes into Minnesota, 130 years before Columbus stepped foot on the Caribbean islands, and 300 years after the Norse abandoned their settlement of North America. If the runestone was legitimate, it would challenge much of what historians know about European exploration and first contact with Native Americans. While the story carved into the stone was incredible, Professor Breda was unimpressed. He almost immediately claimed the stone was a hoax. He pointed out, despite using Old Norse runes, the writing style was essentially modern Swedish, with completely different and incorrect grammar than what an Old Norse explorer would have used. The Kensington Stone also contains words that didn't even exist in 1362. Breda sent photographs of the runestone to linguists around the world, with the vast majority agreeing with his skepticism. Linguists were not the only experts who had doubts about the runestone's authenticity. Historians quickly pointed out that the entire story engraved into the stone is extremely implausible. Old Norse nars and longships were skillfully made watercraft that can sail across entire oceans, but even for these legendary ships, Sailing across the Hudson Bay and Lake Superior in 14 days, like the runestone claims, would be near impossible. Furthermore, legitimate runestones were usually carved near the Great Hall or Hill Fort of Norse chieftains well after the events they depict. They are commemorative. They were not carved during expeditions, or, like the Kensington runestone states, while fleeing a massacre. Think about it. If the Norse explorers just lost 10 men to a Native American war party, would they really stop to carve their thoughts into a stone with well-crafted and even-handed characters, a task that could very easily take several days? It just doesn't make a lot of sense. Another damning piece of evidence is that, after repeated questioning, Olaf changed the date of when he supposedly found the runestone. In several official interviews, he states November, in others, he states August. It seems unlikely that a farmer would confuse two very different months, even more unlikely considering the day he found the runestone was one of the most important days of his life. Regardless of the runestone's authenticity, news of its discovery became a topic of discussion around the world. Newspaper writers descended upon the little town of Kensington by the dozens, People wanted to believe it was true. The romanticism of rugged Norse explorers sailing through dangerous waters into uncharted lands was irresistible. The runestone was shipped all over the world as a pay-to-see exhibit, traveling to London, 
Paris, the Smithsonian, and the 1965 New York World's Fair, among many other places. But, if the runestone was a hoax, who was responsible? Most experts point the blame towards Olaf Oman himself. He grew up in Sweden, where old runes can still be seen on stave churches, old coins, and carved into standing stones. He spoke and could write in modern Swedish, the language in which the runestone's grammar and writing style was written in. And, finally, he had a working knowledge of craftsmanship, having worked as a blacksmith and carpenter and built his own grain mill. Of course, this is all speculation. And with Olaf sticking to his claim until his death, there's no way to really know. Olaf Oman profited immensely from the runestone's fame. If the stone was a hoax, and he came up with it to pay off his debts, his scheme worked remarkably well. So, if you are ever down on your luck financially, consider creating a fake, ancient artifact, and then charging people to see it. Despite being discredited, many people still believe in the myth the runestone represents. It helped re-spark interest in Old Norse culture and history, and the Minnesota Vikings football team was eventually named after the craze that the Kensington runestone kickstarted, so I guess it wasn't all a waste. Thanks for listening to this episode of Shaking America. If you want to help support the podcast, go to the website at shakingamerica.com and click the Ko-Fi link at the bottom left of the page. Or tell someone you know about the podcast. Both are tremendously helpful. I'm Zach Knight, and I'll catch you next time.